2: There is a judgment greater than Anything you've ever known It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ. You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. He is the shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. The cry of my heart is that you would engage one-on-one, personally, with Jesus Christ. I have a question. Can you pray? I don't mean may you pray. Do you have the ability in your spirit to pray? Or does pride block your way? And is your tongue frozen? This is an open prayer meeting. You are welcome to pray, to cry out to God with integrity, to cry out to God, to forgive you for your sin, to turn your heart, to pray for the church, to ask God to lift up a standard of righteousness in this nation and bring conviction of sin to America. It's your turn to pray. I've preached plainly and with love all week. And now it's your turn. Do you have the ability to pray? Or are you blocked by your pride? Will you humble your heart before Jesus? Can you? Our phone number is 877-534-0780. That's 877-534-0780. Lord, we come to pray. But many cannot pray. They don't have the ability to set aside their pride and humble their hearts and seek your face. I pray this will change quickly, that you will deal with every man and every woman, every boy and every girl who in their inner being desires to pray, but their pride stands blocking their way. Lord, uncover what's necessary to uncover in each heart and give us the freedom to pray, to seek your face. Thank you, Lord. I praise and honor and glorify your name, Jesus please let this broadcast be utterly given over to you to accomplish today what you desire. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Are there any calls, Mr. Producer? Okay, the phone lines are wide open. You're welcome to call. I'm going to share with you a brief portion of the story of conversion to Christ by Charles Finney. Charles Finney was filled with the Holy Spirit and he brought to the Lord Jesus some estimate a quarter of a million people in the 1800s. Long time ago. But the principles are the same. He is not a Christian at this point, but conviction is growing in his heart. During Monday and Tuesday, he writes My conviction increased, but still it seemed as if my heart grew harder. I could not shed a tear, I could not pray. I had no opportunity to pray above a whisper, and frequently I felt that I would find relief in prayer if I could be alone, where I could use my voice and express myself. But I was shy and avoided speaking to anybody on any subject as much as I could. I made sure not to arouse any suspicion that I was seeking the salvation of my soul. Tuesday night I became very nervous and in the night a strange feeling came over me as if I were about to die. I knew that if I did die I would sink down to hell but I quieted myself as best I could until the morning light. At an early hour on Wednesday I started for the office Side note, he was an attorney. But just before I arrived at the office, something seemed to confront me as if an inward voice said to me, What are you waiting for? Did you not promise to give your heart to God? What are you trying to do? Are you endeavoring to work out a righteousness of your own? At this point, the whole question of gospel salvation was open to me in a, a marvelous manner. I think I then saw as clearly as I ever have in my life the reality and fullness of the atonement of Christ. I saw that his work is a finished work. And then instead of needing any righteousness of my own to recommend me to God, I had to submit myself to the righteousness of God through Christ. I'll stop there. We have a caller. Let's take that caller now. Welcome. Please pray.
3: We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And, Father, that you have a a plan for us in these last days. You have not left us as orphans, but you have come down And you're going to come down and review yourself. You have a battle plan. Lord, we're in a battle and a war here. A war for our lives. And Father, you said uh, in your word that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And so, Father, we're praying and believing and trusting that you are going to pour out your spirit as you have promised. And you promised in Joel and you promised in Acts that in the last days that you would pour out your spirit. And so, Father, we're trusting for you to do that. Um, that um, you said uh, in your word that I will pour out my spirit. And it will come to pass. And, Father, that's what we're looking for. And you said your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see vision, and your old men drink dreams, and your men servants and your maid servants. Lord, this is what we're expecting. We're expecting and anticipating this, and it's not going to be um, a false revival, but a real true revival, a pouring out of your spirit. so I implore you, O Lord, that you will pour out your spirit if you as you have promised in these last days. We know Lord that you have a, a battle plan you you had a battle plan for Joshua <laughs> and Joshua uh, when he was going to uh, enter into the promised land, you sent an angel. And, Lord, that angel said he was commander of the army of God. Lord, you are. Jesus, you're our commander, and you've got ways. And I pray, Father, that you will reveal to us, your children, your, your bride, uh, the plan that you have for us. Lord, we're depending upon you. We can't do this alone. And, Father, uh, we're just looking to you. And, uh, worshiping you, bowing down to you. And Father, it's, it's all you. It's not us. It's you. And so Father, I want to stand in victory and I pray not only for myself, but for the church. Forgive me, Father, for my shortcomings and my failures. Lord, that I have missed the mo- I have sinned often, Lord. I have not walked in your ways, um, and remembered um, to um, seek your first your face first lord i've done things on my own and i don't want to do that anymore so i pray that you'll forgive me father wash me in your blood and purify me Amen. and i will be clean and i pray father that you will not only do this to me but you'll do it for your church and your people because you've got a people lord you said the harvest is ripe and plentiful But the laborers are few. And, Father, I want to be one of those soldiers, one of those laborers. And, Father, you've got a plan for us. And I pray that you'll reveal that plan to us, Lord, that we will see and know, oh, Lord, uh, what you are going to do in these last days. Because I believe you're going to do great and mighty miracles, Father, more so than we've ever seen or known before, because... You promised, Lord, never to leave us nor forsake us, and you're not going to leave us as orphans and not uh, show up. And, Father, the enemy is coming in like a flood, like Pastor Ray has said, and you promised to raise that standard up against the enemy. And so, Father, we are your, your, your church. We are your children. And you're coming for us. And so I pray, Father, that you will open up the floodgates of heaven and wore your spirit down and revive us, awaken us, and empower us to do your work. Yes. Father, you promised to do it in all the world, on all flesh, not just a, a, a country here or a country there, but you said all flesh. And so, Father, we're looking forward to the day when we can gather our hearts together, even though we might be in foreign lands or wherever, Lord, that you've got your children here and there. Lord, that you're doing the work. And, Father, we're going to stand in victory, and we're going to overcome our flesh and allow you to do the work that you have called us to do in these last days. Father, I love you and I praise you. I magnify your name for what you're about to do. Lord, we look forward to your outpouring. And we pray that you will pour your spirit out because you're looking for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So I pray, Father, revive us and give us the true revival, Lord, of repentance and brokenness, Lord. You said that uh you uh, a broken a contrite spirit. You will not despise, but, Father, you love brokenness. Your heart is broken, and I pray, Father, that our hearts will be broken over the sins of the world and sins of ourselves, Lord, and the church. And the church is sleeping, and I pray that you will wake us up And, Father, cause us to be soldiers of the cross, grounded and rooted in you. I pray, Father, that we will pray without ceasing. Father, that our minds will be on you continuously as you have commanded us to do. I ask these things now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Sister. (laughs) Okay, Okay, our phone number is 877-534-0780. Again, I'm sharing Conversion to Christ by Charles Finney, the 1800s. At this point, the whole question of gospel salvation was open to me in a marvelous manner. I think I then saw as clearly as I have ever seen in my life the reality and fullness of the atonement of Jesus. I saw that his work is a finished work, that instead of needing any righteousness of my own to recommend me to God, I had to submit myself to the righteousness of God through Christ. Lord, I know that's true. I know that's true. Gospel salvation seemed to be an offer to be accepted, something that was full and complete, and all that was necessary on my part was to agree to give up my sins and accept Christ. Instead of being a thing to be brought about by my own works, salvation was a thing to be found entirely in the Lord Jesus Christ, who presented himself before me as my God and my Savior. Without being distinctly aware of it, I had stopped in the street right where the inward voice had first come upon me. How long I remained in that position, I cannot say, but after I contemplated this distinct revelation for a while, the inner voice seemed to ask Will you accept it now, today? I replied, yes, I will accept it today, or I will die in the attempt. Our phone number is 877-534-0780 if the Holy Spirit is calling you and you can pray. I recognize that many of you cannot pray because of pride. If you can get past your pride and you can pray, you're welcome to call and pray and open your heart to Jesus. North of the village over a hill lay a stretch of woods in which I walked almost daily when the weather was pleasant. It was now the 10th of October, and the time was past for my frequent walks there. Nevertheless, instead of going to the office, I turned and bent my course toward the woods, feeling that I must be alone and away from all human eyes and ears so that I could pour out my prayer to God. Okay, we have another caller. Let's take that call now, Mr. Producer. Welcome. Please pray.
0: Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to pray, and <clears throat> Lord, I just listened to uh, our dear brother Finney, what happened to him, and Lord, the same same thing needs to happen to us. Lord, we need to, to be made alive, and I've just been thinking, what you told the Laodicean church, you said they were wretched, uh, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And Lord, that's us. But we have a lot of praise and worship. We have a lot of good doctrines. But Lord, we don't have any fire. We don't have the power to heal the sick or bring conviction to the pagans. But Lord, we're in trouble. We're in trouble, Lord. Yes. And I know, Lord, only you can change that. I can't change yes. it. Lord, I could fast until until I, I passed, and that wouldn't bring revival. Lord, I could pray and read the word. Lord, we need your spirit to come in power and to break this indifference in our own hearts first. Because, Lord... Others' hearts won't melt if, if our heart is not on fire, Lord. We won't have we won't have anything, any hot bread to give to anyone else, Lord. So I'm asking, Lord, for a change. And, Lord, I'm asking that you would make that change first in my own heart and then in anyone else, Lord, who would agree that they want to be uh, full of fire, full of a passionate love for you jesus yes Lord, we've gotten cold and indifferent and lord i'm just so weary of that and lord you said that you're going to vomit out the laodicean church and most of the laodicean church has become apostate lord it's not even lukewarm anymore so lord, we're in such great trouble I'm asking, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see that. Yes. Because, Lord, I think our prayers would be much more desperate. I think my prayers would be much more desperate, Lord, if I saw the state of the church. If I saw the trajectory that people that I love, if I see, if nothing changes, this is what's going to happen to this dear one. It would break my heart, Lord. Yes. Lord, I'm asking that you break our hearts. Because the status quo is only going to get us to hell, Lord. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would have a remnant in this country, Lord, as a testimony for all that you've done for America, Lord. I'm asking that you would not entirely sweep it away, Lord, even though even though we deserve it. We've all earned hell <clears throat> based on our behavior, based on our Coldness of heart, based on our selfishness. But Lord, I'm asking for a change. I'm asking for a quickening uh, by Your Spirit. I'm asking, Lord, that You would delve deep in our hearts, all the way to the bottom, and break our hearts, Lord, that we would not have any more cold prayers, Lord. Or people that we love just drift right into hell. Yes. I don't want that, Lord. I don't want to stand before you and, well, why didn't you cry out for this one? And why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? So, Lord, I'm asking for a change that only you can bring. Yes. And I ask, Lord, that you would bring that conviction that we need. Lord, the yes. And it only comes from you and Lord Lord I know that's painful but Lord you're out to save us you're not out to condemn us so Lord I just reject all the lies of the enemy that that rise up and say you know I can't take this convicting word and Lord I it's such a lie, and I rejected it years ago, Lord, but I but I know, Lord, we need a greater desire, Lord, to hear your heart. And, Lord, I, your loving rebuke, Lord, is it's better than to hear the truth, Lord, because if we hear the truth and we can respond to you. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would speak and that this current movement, Lord, that you would bring great conviction to those dear ones, Lord, who've just been content to, I I don't know what the word would be, Lord, to bask in your presence. But, Lord, I'm asking for great conviction to come upon those dear ones, especially those who are in sin, Lord. Lord, would you rescue the church in America, Lord, before it just goes off the deep end, Lord? So, Lord, have your way. Lord, I trust you. I pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen.
1: Thank you, brother. God bless you today. Lord, my... My brother prayed that you would come and do this before the church goes off the deep end. Lord, we've already gone off the deep end. Already every wicked thing is acceptable in your body, and we're told to be tolerant. We're told to be loving to sin, to not judge, to not speak against evil. Lord, I see evil on every hand in the church and in the community, and in the government. I see utter corruption and darkness on every hand. We've already gone over the edge, and there is no, there's no rescuing the church or America. It's over. It is now all in your hands, Jesus. If you don't come and turn the heart, of Christians back toward you and rebuke for the wickedness that we have accepted so gladly we will be consumed in the fires of hell lord i'm so i'm so tired of professional christianity i'm so tired of of cultural christianity i'm so tired of worldly american christianity lord it's a lie It's church-anity. It's a business. It's putrid. No wonder you said you wanted to vomit us out of your mouth because we're lukewarm and filled with every kind of filthy disease. Lord, please come. Please come. My only hope is in you, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. My only hope is in your precious blood shed on Calvary. I hear people speaking so arrogantly about what they think they're right about, and yet they're not speaking in accord with the scriptures. I hear pastors, even this morning, so foolishly claiming that you have forgiven all past, present, and future sins. They don't know the scriptures it's just bitter ugly ignorance and arrogance and your people believe them and settle safely into their wickedness knowing that it's forgiven they're good to go they're saved no they're not they're hell-bound lord i'm so troubled by what i by what i see and what i hear And I'm troubled by the slowness of my own heart. I'm troubled by my own pride. Lord, I just lay that pride down. And I say, Lord, please, my heart is in your hands. Your church is in your hands. America is in your hands, and we have spoiled the blood of the world, spilling it in every nation. Lord, we have pretended that we were the policemen of the world and we could kill whomever we wanted to kill, whether it was Gaddafi or or some other dictator. If they don't go along with our American plan, we kill them. And now, Lord, we're we're at war with Russia through Ukraine, giving billions and billions of dollars while Americans suffer and die. Lord... I look at the world and my only hope is you, Jesus. I know you are the great, compassionate King of kings and Lord of lords and that you rule over the heaven and the earth, that you are establishing that stone cut out by hands that will fill the whole earth, that your kingdom will fill the whole world. And all of these other things of wickedness and foolishness and kingdoms will be ground to bits and blown away with the dust of the earth, never to be seen or heard from again. But Lord, how do we survive until that time comes? Lord, please come. Hear the cry of our hearts. Don't let Pride block the way of our prayer. Don't let our tongue be frozen by pride. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. 877 534 0780. Mr. Producer, do we have any calls coming in? Okay, the lines are all wide open. This is your prayer time. I'm reading to you from a book entitled Holy Spirit Revivals Conversion to Christ by Charles Finney, 1800s. My pride showed itself. As I went over the hill, it occurred to me that someone might see me and suppose that I was going away to pray. Yet there was probably not a person on the earth who would have suspected such a thing as, as this from me. But so great was my pride, and so much was I possessed with the fear of man, that I sulked along the fence until I got so far out of sight that no one from the village could see me. I then made my way into the woods nearly a quarter of a mile and went over on the other side of the hill and found a place where some large trees had fallen across each other, leaving an open space between. There I saw I could make a kind of closet. I crept into this place and I knelt down for prayer. As I turned to go up into the woods, I recollect having said, I will give my heart to God or I will never come down from there. I recall repeating this as I went up. I will give my heart to God before I ever come down again. But when I attempted to pray, I found that my heart would not pray. I had supposed that if I could only be where I could speak aloud, without being overheard, I would pray freely. But when I tried to, I was mute. I had nothing to say to God. Or at least I could only say a few words and those without any heart. In attempting to pray, I would hear a rustling in the leaves and would stop and look up to see if somebody was coming. I did this several times. Finally, I found myself sinking fast to despair. I said to myself, I cannot pray. My heart is dead to God. It will not pray. I then reproached myself for having promised to give my heart to God before I left the woods. When I tried, I found I could not give my heart to God. My soul hung back and my my heart was in no way going out to God. I began to feel deeply that it was too late, that I was past hope, and that God must have given up on me. I want to stop a moment. Does that describe how any of you feel this morning? This afternoon, today, you feel like you can't pray. That when you get down on your knees or you bow your head and you try to pray, there's nothing there to say. You don't know what to say. Your, Your heart is not going out to God. You're just stymied. You're stopped. Lord, I just pray for those today who who want to pray but pride blocks their way lord i'm asking for a breakthrough right now in the name of jesus for every person who desires to pray but finds they cannot pray that they're mute lord would you break this pride and release them to pray in the name of jesus Amen. If the Holy Spirit is calling you to pray, call and try to pray. 877 534 0780. Continuing this description as he tries to give himself to God, he writes, I then. Oh, We have a caller. Let's take that caller now. Welcome. Please pray.
4: Lord, you've said that you were not willing that any should perish. You want everyone to have eternal life. You have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And I pray that you give us your compassion for the lost I pray that you open our identity and guard us from boldness, guard us from distractions. Please move in our hearts, fill us with your uh, your love and your truth, so we can so we can uh, fully serve you in, in pointing people toward you. I pray that you fill us with your spirit, so it would not be Um, us that it would be you working in us because that's all that matters we are not anything by ourselves it's all it's all about you and um, I pray that you remove all self confidence any ideas of our own um, plans and our own self righteousness but, but that you would keep us completely trusting in you and in your wisdom, what you want us to say to people, um, I just see that uh, danger in my own life that um, it would be easy to, to go my own way even when it comes to uh, ministry. And, of course, it's it's really about you. It's about your will. And so I pray that you um, guard me from that constantly. Please... Uh, Please go before me and that it will be all of of you, that it'll be real fruit that comes from your spirit. And I pray for conviction in our churches. Please open our eyes to our condition before you. And please show us the things that have to be removed. Please cleanse us from sin. And, and and I pray this for all of our churches. I pray that there will be a revival um, and awakening across our country. I pray for uh, Washington, D.C. Please work in our government especially and uh, remove my unbelief for, for that. But I pray that you would bring Revival in our government. Please uh, use the ministries that are there. Please work through Pastor Ray and the others that are preaching the gospel there. And I pray that there would be conviction. Um, I just think of the many that are claiming to be Christians and and are not. And uh, in our government, we... um, the, the hypocrisy there and, and and I just pray that there would be real um, repentance there would be a real desire to follow your word that it would not be in, in name only but in truth and, and I pray this for our nation that we would be turned to righteousness please bring us out of darkness and I um, pray really in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, sister. God bless you today and your family.
4: Thank you. God bless you.
1: Our phone number today, 877-534-0780. If the Holy Spirit is calling you to pray, Come and pray, please. I'm sharing Conversion to Christ, Holy Spirit Revivals by Charles Finney. He writes, Just at this moment, I again thought I heard someone approaching me. I opened my eyes to see whether it were so, but just then it was distinctly shown to me that my pride was the great difficulty that stood in the way an overwhelming sense of my wickedness in being ashamed to have a human being see me on my knees before God took such powerful possession of me that I cried out at the top of my voice and exclaimed, I would not leave this place if all the men on earth and all the devils in hell surrounded me. What, I said, such a degraded sinner as I am? On my knees, confessing my sins to the great and holy God, how can I be ashamed to have any human being, a sinner like myself, find me on my knees, endeavoring to make my peace with my offended God? The sin appeared awful, infinite. It broke me down before the Lord. Just at that point, this message of scripture seemed to drop into my mind with a flood of light. Then you will pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. Somehow I knew that that was a passage of scripture, though I do not think I had ever read it. I knew that it was God's word and God's voice that spoke to me. I instantly seized a hold of this with my heart. I had intellectually believed the Bible before, but never had I known that faith was a voluntary trust instead of an intellectual state. Oh, that's such an important point he's making. i am sick literally in my heart of intellectual belief in the bible and in jesus but not coupled with faith that acts faith that bears fruit faith It's voluntary trust in Jesus instead of an intellectual state of knowledge. He writes, I was conscious of trusting at that moment in God's veracity. I cried to him, Lord, I take you at your word. You know that I am searching for you with all of my heart and that I have come to pray to you and you have promised to hear me. I came to that again this week where I just cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I take you at your word. You've said that righteousness is a free gift. I receive your righteousness, Jesus. And I receive the fact that all of my sins have been wiped away that all of the unknown portions of my mind have been cleansed by your blood. That I am yours, Jesus. Entirely yours, Jesus. I stand by faith. I stand by faith. Faith in you, Jesus. That you have done what you promised you would do. He writes, This promise seemed to confirm that I could indeed fulfill my vow that very day. The Spirit seemed to emphasize this idea in the words, When you search for me with all of your heart, verse 13, this is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. I told the Lord I would take him at his word. That I knew he could not lie, and that I was therefore sure that he had heard my prayer and that I would find him. He then gave me many promises from both the Old and the New Testament, especially some regarding our Lord Jesus Christ. I never can in words make any human being understand how precious and true those promises appeared to me. I took them one after the other as infallible truth, the assertions of God, who cannot lie, Titus 1.2. They did not seem to fall into my intellect as much as into my heart to be put within the grasp of the voluntary powers of my mind. I took hold of them and fastened upon them with the grasp of a drowning man. I continued to pray in this way and to receive and take hold of promises for a long time. I don't know for how long. I prayed until my mind became so full that before I was aware of it I was on my feet and tripping up the hill toward the road. I did not think about whether I had been converted, but as I went up brushing through the leaves and bushes, I recollect saying with great emphasis, if I am ever converted, I will preach the gospel. I soon reached the road that led to the village, and I began to reflect on what had happened. I found that my mind had become wonderfully quiet and peaceful. I said to myself, what is this? I must have grieved the Holy Spirit entirely away. I've lost all my conviction. I don't have a particle of concern about my soul. It must be that the Spirit has left me. Indeed, I never was so far from being concerned about the salvation of my soul. Well, Charles Finney was converted. I want you and me to be similarly brought into the presence of Jesus Christ. I will take him at his word. I have accepted that he has washed my unknown and my known character. Any sin, he has washed it away. It's not that I've been declared righteous, it's that I've been made righteous. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm waiting now upon the Lord. I'm waiting for him to fulfill the promises he has made to me. I'm waiting on the Lord. And yes... As I wait upon the Lord, I do what he tells me to do. I go where he tells me to go. I obey what he instructs me to think, to say, and to do. That I can be one with Jesus. Obeying him. Walking by faith in him. With a heart of love and compassion for the lost. I pray you're the same, but I fear for many of you that pride still stands in your way. Self-assurance, arrogance, haughtiness. I pray for you and for me, and thank you for the many of you who have said, we're praying for you, pastor, keep up the work. I will as the Lord directs me. Thank you. I love you. And yes, I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. That's Pastor Ray Greenlee. The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, two. One nine five. I haven't heard from many of you. I'm concerned about you. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. If you are one who is waiting for the Holy Spirit and crying out, walking in righteousness or the desire of your heart is to be made clean by the blood, then I invite you to come and worship this Sunday with the National Prayer Chapel. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can get directions. God bless you, my brother my sister.
2: I love you. I'll talk to you soon.